When you need your work truck to work as hard as you do, trust Delphi Technologies to deliver the parts built for the toughest work environments. From construction sites to long distance hauling, go with the aftermarket supplier known for its 100 plus years of OE heritage and expertise. Go to DelphiAftermarket.com today. Hi, I'm David Dancero from Lads Auto Repair. We're a Napa Auto Pro Tireland organization. And this is the Great Canadian Aftermarket Podcast. Hello, everyone. The issue of uh, apprenticeship has been an ongoing and really persistent one in the uh, automotive aftermarket and in the automotive trade in general. Uh, But it also is one of those industries where you can have a pathway from apprenticeship to ownership. So with us today is Dave Dossero of Lads Auto and uh, of course Murray Voth, our uh, intrepid contributor and RPM training uh, principal to talk about the pathway from apprenticeship to ownership in the automotive service provider business. Welcome, Dave. Thank you. Thanks for having me. And Murray, of course. Yeah. Hi, Andrew. Hi, Dave. So uh, just initially talk about uh, your own path to ownership. It is a customary one. I think we see a lot. But uh, and then we'll expand on that to talk about uh, what you've learned and, and maybe some uh, lessons that we can pass along. Sure, perfect. Uh, so my dad opened up the shop in 1985. He was working for a gentleman at Texaco and just decided he needed a change. Uh, when he started out, really didn't have too many nickels to rub together and worked in a little uh, two, three bay shop. He ended up uh, finding that he had enough customers that he was falling behind and he's always been very picky for appearance and, and uh, detail. So he needed a shop cleaned. I was going to university at the time, not really knowing what I wanted to do. The thought was to be an accountant and I ended up uh, cleaning for him and helping him out that way. And lots of late hours with uh, just helping him get cars in the shop. My plan was not to work on cars. So originally, we just kept moving forward, and uh, the more I worked with Dad, the rest, uh, less I realized, uh, or the more I realized that I didn't want to be an accountant. So <laughs> we started that way. Loved working with my hands, but the best deal was working with Dad. So that's how I started into the industry. Uh, we uh, got excited about it. I was doing oil changes, and uh, that was about as much as he would give me because I, I didn't know anything. And uh, and there's even days I question myself as to what I know today, but uh, <laughs> you know you grow over time. Uh, and at that time we were doing carburetors and points and ignition and that kind of stuff. So he started slowly working me into. He could see that I was getting confident in oil changes. He could see that I could change spark plugs without much direction. And then. Uh, I got to the point where I was tired of waiting for him all the time. So I just started doing things and I knew that I could work with my hands, loved the trade, uh, loved working with dad, went to school and got licensed in 92. So that's kind of my path so far. Yeah. Now, Murray, this is, this is, you know, a story that, uh, you know, in your consulting work with shops across Canada that I'm sure you hear from time to time to say the least. Yeah. Yeah. 
Well, it's been a privilege to work with Dave, uh, multi-generations, uh, other shops, other group members of mine I've worked with have, are, are the fourth generation um, of, their, of their business. And um, one of the reasons why I, you know, bugged Dave to, to join us, Andrew, is because I've watched him transition from, uh, from a technician to part owner uh, and then full owner and just watching him grow with his business knowledge, right? That's the area that I've been uh, able to observe his growth in. And, um, you know, the, the thing that many shop owners and, and I, the statistics that I've been given is about 95% of aftermarket shops are started by technicians, right? So that's their primary skill, uh, their primary, even their love. And sometimes they're so bogged down on fixing cars that they, they don't, focus on the business. And uh, one of the things that I work with people and, and Dave's really, you know, really dug in and done this work is you can transfer those skills. If you can fix a car, you can fix a business. It's just a matter of learning how to read the outputs, right? And then you can put the inputs uh, to fix that. Uh, and then the other thing that's a challenge for all of, all of them and all of us actually is our leadership of people, right? And, uh, and Dave, that's an, an area that I've definitely seen you grow in, in the last uh, four or five years as well. So it's that mental shift from tech to owner that I observe and I coach and I, and I work with that I think is so, so powerful and needs to happen. So Dave, like when you hear, you know, what Murray has to say and, and think about it in the context of what your experience has been, you know, what, what comes to mind? I mean, what, what are your challenges? And, you know, you started out not necessarily... Uh, as a young man thinking, hey, I'm going to go, I'm going to go be a tech, I'm going to do this. And it was more, hey, I'm going to help my dad out. And hey, I actually really like this. And then it turns out, well, I mean, we are here, we are 30 yeah. plus years later, you know, it sounds like it's a keeper, right? So it is a keeper for sure. And, uh, and it's starting to get better and better. But uh, I mean, I appreciate the comments that uh, Murray says. And, and I know that when I took over the business about four years ago from mom and dad, that, uh, I was ready for it. We were part owners before uh, that happened because uh, dad had a plan and he was working it, uh, to get there. Um, I watched dad a lot with how he handled his staff along the way. Uh, we, you know, obviously there was techs in and out of the business uh, in his first 25 years. Uh, so I watched a lot of that and I saw how he handled people in situations and Dad was very good at being able to mentor and motivate and uh, get the most out of his techs, um, even when they didn't want to do a job. So I watched a lot of that. And like Murray said, when I got into it, I was really a tech um, with very little business experience except for watching Dad. Uh, we had gone through a lot of business training, and, and Murray's been a huge part of that. Uh, but when we got to the point of actually having to deal with staff and employees and hiring and, and uh, dismissals and whatever happens along that course, thankfully I haven't had to do a lot of them because I suck at it, to be honest. <laughs> it's not my forte, right? I, you know, I'm a technician and, and that doesn't, that's out of the comfort zone usually of a tech. You know, usually you grow with other techs in the business and you might become friendly with them. I learned uh, to separate the friendship from the business. And uh, I've done that over the years. I used to have friends that were techs and now we don't talk because they've left the business and there was feelings, uh, whether it was 
when they were here with my dad or, or after. So I've learned to become acquaintances as opposed to friends. And, uh, and that's helped me grow. And uh, with the training that we've taken, uh, my wife is very good in the HR department. She works at, uh, at Napa and, and is a manager there. So she's got a lot of that background. So she's helped me through a lot as well. So I've been pretty fortunate to have some really good people help me along the way, which hopefully transitions into my business and makes me a better leader. When you were, uh, you know, first starting out and discovering that you actually like to work on cars, did you, did you, I mean, you said, you know, basically, you know, you watched what your dad was doing and, and but were you taking in, you know, information about how he was dealing with clients and, and dealing with staff in ways that maybe you didn't even recognize at the time. And now only later you're like, oh, you know. I... Absolutely. I, I think some of that was by osmosis. You, you know, you just absorbed it and it was there. My dad was so good at treating customers. They were, it didn't matter what was going on in the day. And, and that's transitioned into the business even today that our product really is customer service. We repair cars secondary. It's the customer service that is primary focus. And if people are happy and we treat them well and their cars are looked after at the end of the day, they're a happy person and they'll either recommend us because word of mouth is huge or uh, at least they're, they're very happy and will return. So yeah, I did learn a lot by just watching and, and absorbing whether I knew it or not. Right. So Murray, in your, you know, work with shops like Dave's and you see, and they start talking about, you know, young, maybe the young technicians or apprentices that may have expressed an interest at one level or another of potentially getting into an ownership uh, position. Uh, what kind of advice and information do you uh, provide to them? Well, it's interesting that you would ask that question. And, and Dave, Dave used the phrase, you know, I'm not so sure I know that much now or something along those lines, right? And um, I responded to a post by uh, by a fellow, by Dean Law, by the way. So shout out to Dean Law if he's, if he's watching this. You know Dean. And um, he posed the question about what does it take to be in this industry? And I said a growth mindset, the ability to accept the fact that you don't know what you don't know and that you're willing to learn. And I find that... Um, technicians and and this is this is the conversation of of strength turns to weakness right problem solvers black and white you got to be black and white you know when it comes to to certain things and either you know it's it's that way or it's not that way right but then they begin to adapt this black and white mentality to to the business and to life and to people and then they run into brick walls they can't handle the gray um they you know, so then they get they get frustrated because it's not black and white like it's in a vehicle. So the idea to bring what I call a growth mindset, and I didn't coin that term. There's this teachers, psychologists, experts in that field talk about that uh, that ability to grow and to learn new things and adapt. Looking at the younger generation coming in, I, I've you know experienced a few things just before the pandemic. I was at some networking events and met some young people and some technicians and apprentices and stuff. And I was surprised to find uh, two two kind of groups. Now, it's again, it's not black and white. There, there's a spread, but there was a group of of what people would call gearheads, right? They love cars, they love gears, and, and but they kept talking about wanting to work on older stuff. And this is 
our teacher wants us to learn this electrical stuff. And that's all so hard. I just want to work on 67 Mustangs, you know, and I, and I was just like, you're 18 years old and you're talking, you sound like, it's not my dad, like, and I'm already an old guy. Right. And then you have this other group of people who love the tech and love the, that part of it. They, they do well in school with, with the physics and the, and the chemistry and the math and electricity comes kind of as a natural thing. And I, you know, I don't want to sound mean or anything like that, but man, if we, if any parents are listening to this, get your kids to, to get the basics of the maths and the sciences. You don't have to go get a degree in it and into the tech because that's, that's the future for a, for a technician. But the other thing is, you know, the end, I'm, I'm watching some younger shop owners buy shops um, that either were technicians and or are technicians in doing that. And I see their mindset is they have an education. And, and Dave, you know, the fact that you actually went to university for a while, you know, does plant some seeds in a person's mind, right? In terms of how to look at the world and, and analyze things. Um, and so the, but, but there are some people actually buying shops that are not from our industry at all. It's beginning to pick up uh, and guess who they are. They're tech people. These are software developers who develop automotive shop management software, parts management software. And they're going like, no, we should buy some shops to figure this out. Right. And it's very interesting to watch. Of course, you know, people have been reached out to me with my opinions and stuff like that. So it's really interesting to watch. Um, Yeah. Back to you, Andrew. Yeah. Well, just what I hear is, you know, if we, in a perfect world, if we had it all to do over again, we would all make sure that all of our apprentices that came up through the system and all of the techs had a really good STEM education, right? Like all the shop owners, you know, science, technology, math, engineering, especially the math. And I know that the comment has been made uh, numerous times over the years that uh, because there are quite a few techs, as you say, the shops are often started uh, or at least ownerships taken over by people who come from the technician side who arrive with no business training whatsoever, maybe a little accounting from high school, maybe, uh, depending on their high school. And that's probably about it. Uh, But what I'm hearing is maybe have a little bit broader exposure. If you're an apprentice, maybe hang on to your account high school accounting book. You know, if you plan on being able to try to remember some of these things and seek out some training, there's, you know, of course, when I was coming up through the age that folks would have been uh, as a uh, uh, an apprentice, you know, the Internet didn't even exist. So you couldn't just Google, hey, how do I start a business now? You can actually Google, how do I start an automotive uh, automotive service business and get you know, I, I think I would that would not be the beginning and end of my research, obviously, but it, it can give you uh, some touch points about the things that you need to know. Now, Dave, if, if you were uh, going back 35 years ago uh, and you said, OK, I'm going to be an owner in 30 in you know 15 or 20 years or 10 years. What two or three things would you have kind of spent a little bit more time working on your own aptitudes? For me, it would have been a little more time with electrical and uh and and learning finer points of electrical i always okay with diagnostics that's probably one of my stronger areas but i would have loved to have had a little bit more time and information and the background because i can see today that because i didn't have that huge base and 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 amount of time like today's kids do or the even the resources to find it we're heading in that electrical world. And if you're not prepared to learn and, and be progressive all the time, 
you need the electrical. It's not just a, a parts replacer industry anymore. You have to be progressive. And that was one of the things that was always a strong point. And we used to use the manual. So I think a couple of things that they need, uh, electrical for sure. You, you have to be strong and understand it and be ready to, uh, as a tech, go to places where you're not comfortable and understand it properly. You also need to um, be able to want to learn every day. Uh, you have to have that, that skill set of, uh, okay, I think I know everything, but you don't. And it changes tomorrow. So you can't quit learning. It has to be an ongoing all the time. Um, and lastly, you have to be able to get along with people. I, I didn't understand that as a kid coming in. I just thought you work with people and, and they are who they are. And, but you, you have to be able to work together, mentor each other, and uh, progress as a family. Uh, our, our big thing here is that we're here at least eight hours a day with, with most of our people. You have to be able to get along. Um, the, the trade has kind of got a knock for transient techs. Uh, I'll go there for another dollar an hour. But at the end of the day, if you're not part of a family or a group, um, it affects everybody on that team. So to understand the importance of a team player is huge as well. We'll be right back after this. Did you know that Delphi Technologies is the only OE full-line fuel supplier? Go with the global aftermarket supplier with over 3,200 SKUs covering more than 280 million vehicles in operation and with parts tested in OE durability and reliability conditions to ensure a quality fit and performance. Learn more at DelphiAftermarket.com. As an owner and sort of the recognition now of the importance of that, how do you communicate these ideas to those who are just coming up through the trade? Well, we do have a, a young guy that just finished uh, the AST program and is looking for his hours. He's a young kid and he wants everything today. So we've had conversations about, okay, we need to slow your pace a little bit and grow you and learn as you go and accept it for what it is. You're going to come into challenges every day. And then we have a morning meeting where we, we talk about our day and we talk about how we can help each other and where the challenges lie. And, and this is what you're going to be doing today. If you have issues, uh, this person's very strong in it. They can help you. So the, the mentorship is a big thing, especially for the young guys. They come in, they're so unsure, um, yet they've taken courses. Uh, and, and I think their ability is, is high, sky high, yet when you put them into practice, uh, they quickly learn that they have a lot to learn. And that's a confidence knock. So you have to keep them excited and, and engaged uh, and try to build their confidence. But knowing that they're young, they're not going to have the experience and they're going to fail in places where they thought they were competent. So you have to keep building and, and and engaging them and, and moving them forward. What, what say you, Murray? Well, Dave, that's that's such a role model for our industry because I, I speak to people or speak in articles about 
the the past apprenticeship program there was what's called hazing right um you know the the lighter version of hazing was sending somebody for a sky hook or or a can of compressed air which you can actually buy now right yeah. <laughs> um or a can of compression right we used to you know those were the light version but there was some pretty negative there was some pretty negative stuff and, and physical harm um safety issues with hazing but there was also the attitude about you know the older technicians would be like i got beat up and it was really tough and so you just got to suck it up buttercup and stop being a big baby and and that's actually i believe i believe that's pushed people away for for probably over 20 years away from the trades not just automotive with that apprenticeship attitude of of journey person versus apprentice and that sort of top down um uh, and that sort of ver verbal beating down of, of people and, and you'll figure it out someday and, and don't and even even technicians that won't share information I still to this day have heard of a technician that, ha that has learned shortcuts and, and tips and tricks and hacks, and they will literally turn their back when somebody asks them, what are you doing? This is, this is an hourly paid technician, not a flat rate who's, who's going to benefit from this. This is an hourly paid tech who's turning their back on the business, secretly doing stuff to get their job done faster, but not sharing that information. And they're about to retire. Right. Like the, the, the knowledge that's being carried around by, so Dave's example of, of that mentorship, and sure, it's frustrating for the older people. I mean, the, the, the big bright eyes coming up, they, they all think they're God's gift to the world. And our tendency is to want to take that chip and knock it off their shoulder, right? That's our tendency as older people, right? Especially males. And we have to work so hard at engaging with these young people and bringing them in and, and showing them and teaching them what they don't know, but also building that confidence. And that's a fine line, Dave, what you just said. That's a fine line. Absolutely. And some days we drop the ball and some days we succeed, right? Yeah, that's tough. But we got to move away from that culture. Agreed. Yeah, yeah. It, it sounds, uh, you know, the kind of overarching kind of theme of this, though, is certainly there are very real areas of learning and growth for any apprentice who's considering an ownership position down the road. Dave, you, you spoke about having a lot of help on the HR side, but certainly you need to have an understanding that it's not about even just your comment about it's not about fixing the cars. It, it's about taking care of the customer. This for, for a, a young apprentice who's entire brain is exploding with automotive repair uh, procedures might be a little hard to handle you know that that actually you know what the most important thing about this business and about what you want to do might actually be just how you deal with the customer or how the business that you're in deals with the customer and that all of that incredible knowledge and work that the expertise of the experienced people has been put in place is really all for naught if you're not treating the customer right and so these are important things, but that also from an ownership standpoint, that bring, being able to retain those apprentices, the promising ones, the ones with an eye to becoming tomorrow's owners is a team effort. Well, I was going to add to that, Andrew, the ability to speak. Many people don't understand how important it is to speak well, you know, in a Zoom, to speak well one-on-one, -on -one, to speak well to clients, to speak well in the team context, to even speak well in public. And I would say, if anything, as a young person, and you might, you know, have challenges with public speaking or, or you know, social anxieties, everybody's talking about these days, is go join a Toastmasters club. They're inexpensive. Um, they're fantastic. Uh, I have seen people develop. I mean, I'm watching a few shop owners now that I work with. You know, one, one fellow said to me, uh, I'm now the chapter head of my BNI group. 
that my networking group. And the guy looked at me the other day in our, in our individual coaching session and said, if you would have to ask me 10 years ago if I would have been the, the, the head of the chair of, of a committee, he said, I would have told you you were absolutely insane. But when I watch people either push themselves on their own or, or their peers, you know, the other mastermind groups that are members that I work with push them or I push them to, to communicate. People who can communicate can succeed at anything they choose. If you can't communicate, that's, that is really a challenge. So young people need to understand that they need to have good communication skills, good writing skills um, would be an area to really hone your skills on. And even, even as simple as I'm a second year apprentice and I wanna go talk to my boss about, I feel like I'm due for a raise, right? To actually come in with intelligent reasons why you think is a raise to be able to talk to the boss versus you know, starting a texting conversation behind the boss's back about, I think we should all get paid more. You know, the boss is such a jerk and he's so cheap, you know, but coming up with a, a, a logical conversation, you know, that's what we taught our kids, my wife and I, is to communicate. Whatever you guys choose to do is to be able to communicate with your peers, with with relatives, friends, with coworkers, that kind of stuff, I think is, is a huge skill to pick up. Yeah. And I would echo that. Uh, when I was a kid, boy I failed and I at public speaking I was well I'm still not great but at public speaking I was uh I would freeze if you put me in a room with 10 people and I had to say something I was lost and you need that's a critical skill uh, that you do need as you uh want to transition into a leader or a licensed tech or a mentor or eventually growing into a shop owner you have to be able to like Murray said talk to people. And if you can't talk to people, boy, you're in trouble. You, you, you have to have that skill. Yeah. That's yeah. one of the biggest ones. Excellent. Okay. That's about all we've got today. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Murray. Uh, and for whether or not it is a, uh, you know, a young budding apprentice uh, that we're talking to right now, or somebody with a bit more experience, it's about more than fixing cars in this business, right? Yeah, absolutely. And, and to just uh, the whole way along, even as you're on your, on your learning journey, if that journey is a, a path to ownership, have a, at least keep an eye out for for those things that will help you relate to the rest of the team relate to the customers because ultimately the best repair uh, in the world will, will uh, kind of fall on deaf ears if the customer's not uh, not happy and not communicated uh, properly uh, with as well as your team members thank you everybody for the, your time today i'm andrew ross your host be well be safe special shout out to hannah who puts together these podcasts interested in getting involved, send her an email, hannah at chatmedia.ca. Be well, everyone. Take care. See you, Andrew. See you, Dave. Thanks, Andrew. You're listening to the Great Canadian Aftermarket Podcast, brought to you by the publishers of Indie Garage and Jobber Nation. Connect with us online at indiegarage.ca and jobbernation.ca a brand of chat integrated media. Pothole damage to a vehicle's chassis is always a concern, no matter the size or time of year. If the worst does happen, you can count on Delphi technology, steering and suspension parts to get your customers back on the road again. Learn more at delphiaftermarket.com.